Okay, well, good evening tonight. Welcome, everyone. We're, we're going to uh, look at the call of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3 as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. But before we get started, let's uh, go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for each one that's come out. We pray that you would just move and work through the power of your word, through the power of your spirit that you would help us to apply the words that we are taught tonight from your word. And we look to the example of Samuel. It's his call to ministry. And Lord, we just pray that you would uh, remind us that we're all called to serve you to some degree. And so we just pray that you bless our time together. Bless those who couldn't be here tonight. Lord, you know the reason why. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we looked uh, at the, the closing section of chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, and we drew some various comparisons, basically between righteousness and wickedness. And we noted several things. We said in verses 13 to 17, we saw that evil was marked by greed. Evil was marked by greed. Whereas God, in verses 18 to 21, God is marked by generosity. Generosity. And then the second comparison we, we looked at was in verses 22 to 26, where we saw that evil is marked by compromise. But God, in verses 27 to 36, is marked by certainty. And so as we read uh, through chapter 3 tonight, it's interesting because it's a great passage for just to read. Uh, kids especially love this passage because they can relate to Samuel, I think, as a young, a young boy. And they like the, the repetition. They love the part where God is calling Samuel over again and again and again. And uh, Samuel is thinking that it's Eli, the high priest, calling him each time. But it's a great passage for adults, too. And there's a lot we can learn from this passage about hearing from God. You, know, you probably remember the, the commercials. I think it was Verizon or one of the, the cell phone companies, the guy with the glasses walking around with his cell phone, checking his signal. Can you hear me now? Good. Can you hear me now? Good. Uh, can you hear me now? Good. Uh, and the point of that commercial was to emphasize that Verizon's signal strength is uh, good when it comes to cell phones. Well, here's a question for you. How good is your signal strength when it comes to hearing the voice of God, hearing from God. Do you have an open line of communication with God? Or are there dead spots? If you were to rate your communication with God, how many bars would you give it? Two bars? Three bars? Four bars? None? (laughs) If God was trying to get through to you, would He be able to say, can you hear me now? (laughs) Good. Well, the passage here in 1 Samuel chapter 3 marks this transition from a time when Israel was not hearing from God to a time when God's word came freely to all of Israel. And that difference came about through the call of Samuel by God himself as a prophet. So let's take a look at the passage together and we'll see what we can learn about hearing from God, especially as we look at Samuel and uh, Eli's place here in the, the passage. 
Well, let me read the, the passage for us, and then we'll go back and kind of pick it apart. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and he lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know yet the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and he went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. And I will declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay, to, lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel, and Samuel said, and, and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, Here I am. And Eli said, What was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me, of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. We see here the call upon Samuel. The first three verses here, we see basically God's silence. The story actually begins not with God speaking, but with God's silence. Look at verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli's supervision. According to historians such as Josephus, Samuel may have been as old as 12 here. We don't know. Some say 3 to 4, 5, 12. We don't know. But we know he was still a boy. So we're not going to get tied up with his exact age because we just don't have that information. We're also told that the word of the Lord was rare at this time, that there weren't many visions. 
This was a time in Israel's history when Israel was out of communication with God. There was an occasional prophet, such as the one that came and confronted Eli in the last chapter last week. We looked at that. But by and large, there was no prophetic word from God to Israel during this time in their history. Now, this was not a good thing. <laughs> it's not a good thing that you do not hear from God. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. In other words, when we do not hear from God, society tends to go from bad to worse. You can look at our society today and you see how true that statement is, do you not? We need God's word to guide and direct us. We need God's word to keep us on the straight path. And when there is no word from God, when there is no foundation of truth, that is really a judgment from God. As when God gave the, the, the following judgment through the prophet Amos. It says in Amos chapter 8, verse 11, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. See, there's no greater judgment of God upon a people than God's silence, than God withholding his word. Well, when you get back to Samuel, the word of the Lord was rare in those days, but God was about to change all that. Samuel was the first named prophet in the scriptures since Moses. And with the calling of Samuel, God instituted this prophetic office to operate alongside the, the kings in Israel as well. Verses 2 to 3 give us a setting for Samuel's call. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The details here in this description are, are rich in symbolism for us. You, you look at Eli's eyes, who are, which are weak, Reminds us of his weak spiritual vision. He was a spiritual man, but he was very weak in this area. We have already seen that Eli was not discerning at all when it came to spiritual things. He thought Hannah was drunk when she was praying. Um, he did nothing when his sons made a mockery of the priesthood. So his fading eyesight, his fading vision is highly symbolic of really this time in Israel's history when the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. We're also told that the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Uh, the priests were required uh, to keep the lamps burning in the temple every night from evening until morning. That's, we see that in Exodus chapter 27, verse 21. So this detail places the, the timing of Samuel's call late in the night, perhaps shortly before dawn, you might say. But it also gives us a ray of hope. Yeah, the, the word of God was rare in those days. But you know what? God had not given up on his people. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Eli was lying down in his usual place, and Samuel was lying down in the temple close to the room where the ark was. This is the, the first time the ark of the covenant is mentioned in 1 Samuel. But it will become very important in, in our studies to come, in the chapters to come. And so we see here, Samuel's call in verses 4 to 7. We see first God's silence, and we see Samuel's call. So the nation of Israel was in this time of spiritual darkness. The priesthood was corrupt. Everyone did what was right, the Bible says, in their own eyes. There was no word from God. And it was in this context that God called Samuel. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord 
called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. It's an incredible scene if you stop and think about it. You can imagine what's going on here. Samuel is alert. He's responsive. He's obedient. He goes running to Eli. Uh, Here I am. You called me. I'm ready to serve. And Eli says, it wasn't me. Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed, and the Lord calls him again. Verse 6, again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. You called me. My son Eli said, I did not call you. Go back to bed. Go back and lie down. So the beauty of this passage is that we know who is calling Samuel right from the start, but Eli doesn't get it. It's another example of Eli's spiritual sluggishness or his lack of discernment here. We saw it with Eli and Hannah. We saw it again with Eli and his sons. Now we see it with Eli and Samuel. That explains Eli, but you, you might be wondering, why didn't Samuel know it was God? Why didn't he put two and two together? And what we find out in verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Interesting how God put that in there. God had never spoken to Samuel in this way before, and Samuel, as young as he was, did not realize that God was calling him. Now, after God's word was revealed to him, Samuel would learn to recognize God's voice. But for now, he just assumed, hey, it must be Eli calling me. And Eli just kept sending him back to bed. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and Eli must be thinking, man, this is getting old. Here I am, you called me. Then Eli finally realizes, duh, the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So finally here you see Eli, who should know better, but like I said, he's kind of spiritually sluggish at this point in his life. He should have figured out what was going on, but he finally does. Now, remember, Eli was not an altogether bad person. Eli blessed Hannah in the temple, and God honored that blessing. He rebuked his sons for their sin, even though it was too little too late, you might say. But Eli just seems a little sluggish. He's slow to act and slow to pick up on things, although he also sinned by honoring his sons above God. But once he figures out that this is the Lord who's calling Samuel, he gives Samuel some good advice. He really does. He tells him to lie down as before, and this time to respond, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel goes back to bed a third time, lies down and waits. You wonder if he got any sleep, thinking, Wow, is the Lord really going to call me? Am I really going to hear God's voice? Verse 10, then the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. This time he uses the words twice. Notice that God calls him twice in this verse. The double address here is significant. When Samuel was about to sacrifice his son, God called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, in Genesis twenty-two eleven. You remember that? When God spoke to Moses from the burning bush, he called out in Exodus 3, 4, Moses, Moses. Well, Abraham was the father of Israel, 
and the father of faith. Moses was Israel's deliverer and giver of the law. And here comes Samuel, first in the line of prophets who would faithfully bring God's word to his people. See, all three men were key people in Israel's history. And God gave all three of them his double call on their name at key turning points in their lives. And this was clearly a a turning point in the life of Samuel. So how did Samuel respond to this? Well, just like Eli told him, he was obedient. Then Samuel said, speak, verse 10 there, for your servant is listening. You know, that's a, it's a great prayer to pray any time before hearing God's word, whether it's a message you're hearing on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, or whether you're just simply sitting down to read your Bible. Declare that you are listening. It shows a desire to hear, a willingness to listen, a heart that's ready to obey. And serve the Lord. Speak, for your servant is listening. You can pray that prayer anytime before hearing a a sermon. Or even, like I said, before reading your Bible. It's a great prayer to pray anytime before hearing God's word. Speak, for your servant is listening. Well, Samuel asked God to speak, and you know what? God spoke. It probably was not the message Samuel wanted, nor necessarily expected to hear, but it was the word God had for him. Now look at verse 11 to 14, and we'll see what God has to say. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do this, to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. At this time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons made themselves contemptible, contemptible, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Israel, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Basically, God was confirming the earlier message of judgment he had brought against Eli. Eli's sons had sinned grievously before the Lord, and Eli failed to do anything about it. He failed to restrain them at all. Now, Eli's house would be removed from the priesthood, And all the words of that earlier prophecy that were given by that man of God that confronted Eli in the last chapter uh, would be fulfilled. There's no turning back. It's too late. Well, verses 15 to 21 show us here a prophet, his ministry before the Lord. Uh, God broke the silence of those days when he called Samuel and gave him his word. The only question that remained was, would Samuel do what God told him to do. Remember, he's just a young boy. And this is a, you might say, a pretty heavy message for such a a young boy to deliver to someone who's been his mentor, this aging priest, who, even though he had faults, was probably very respected. So in verse 15, we see Samuel lay down until morning. He's probably just pondering the words that the Lord told him. And then opened the doors of the house of the Lord, Look at what it says. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am, just like before. What was it he said to you, Eli asked. And then he said, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And Eli said, He is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. 
See, this is the, the perfect model for giving and receiving God's word. Eli asked Samuel to tell him God's word, hiding nothing. So Samuel faithfully tells him everything God told him. And it says that he left nothing out. And what does Eli do? Does he get defensive? Does he get upset? No, he humbly receives God's word, saying he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his own eyes. See, this is the way we should always approach God's word. The person delivering God's word should faithfully proclaim the whole counsel of God, leaving nothing out. That's why we study here in our church through books of the Bible. We don't jump around. We, we, we finish a book. We complete it, chapter 1 through the end of the book. And the reason we do that is because it keeps the word of God in its context. It doesn't allow me to get up on a little hobby horse and preach on subjects that maybe mean a lot to me, but don't mean anything to anything else, anybody else. It also prevents me from picking on people. Preaching against certain maybe sins that are within the body at a certain time. No one, likes, no one likes that. But when you go through the whole counsel of God, it addresses all those things. There are some pastors who would only share the positive parts of Scripture and would avoid the negative parts. I've heard some of these popular pastors say, well, we don't talk about sin in, in our church. and you know, we, we believe in a positive message. We believe in a God of love. But we need pastors like Paul, who told the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. And like Eli, we should humbly receive all of God's word, even perhaps especially the parts we don't like, or the parts we really don't want to hear, or the parts that are maybe a little bit too convicting. Well, let's close out the passage, picking up here on verse 19 because he says here in chapter 3 verse 19 of first samuel the lord was with samuel as he grew and let none of his words fall to the ground and all israel from dan to beersheba recognized that samuel was attested as a prophet of the lord and the lord continued to appear at shiloh and there he revealed himself to samuel through his word and samuel samuel's word came to all of israel See, after Samuel showed himself faithful as a prophet to Eli, God made him a prophet to all of Israel. I like the phrase there, he let none of his words fall to the ground. What's that mean? It simply means that God confirmed Samuel's prophecies again and again. Even if one of his prophecies failed, he would be considered a, a false prophet, be worthy, worthy of stoning. But all of Samuel's words hit straight to the target. None of them fell to the ground. And all of Israel recognized that Samuel was a prophet attested by God. It has the idea of a, of a person shooting an arrow at a target. And each one is just a bullseye. None of the arrows veer off course and hit a tree or hit the ground or, or never make it to the target. Each one, each word that Samuel prophesied came to fruition. Now remember, chapter 3 began by saying the word of God was rare at that time. But it ends, this chapter ends by saying that through Samuel, God's word came to what? All Israel. See, there's a new prophet in town, and his name was Samuel. Well, what are some things that we can take away from this passage? 
What are some things that we can apply? Well, first of all, I'll say this. God desires to speak with us. See, God did not just create us, create the world, create us as humans, and walk away and say, all right, see you in eternity. God desires to speak to us and have a relationship with us. That's, that should cause us great joy. God has always taken the initiative in speaking to man. We just need to learn how to listen. The second thing is, we don't always hear very well. Sometimes we're like Samuel. We don't hear very well because we need instruction. Samuel did not recognize God's voice until Eli explained it to him. Sometimes we're maybe like Eli. We do not hear the, the, the voice of the Lord because we're spiritually sluggish. I mean, it took Eli three times to figure out what was going on here. But sometimes we're even like Eli's sons. We don't hear from God because we've closed our ears to God's word and we live our lives in disobedience. You can't expect to hear from God when you're covering your ears. God wants to speak to us. But sometimes we don't hear very well. Sometimes we're like the little kid that gets in trouble and throws a temper tantrum, puts his hands over his ears and just goes, no, 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 I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear you. Stop talking. Well, the third thing here, God speaks to us primarily through his word. This is very important. Uh, God really speaks directly to people today. Even in the Bible. Throughout the entire Bible, God really spoke directly to individuals. Very rarely did it happen. Samuel was one of the exceptions, not the rule. Most people in the Bible received God's word through a prophet who was attested by God. Today, we primarily receive God's word through what? His written word, through the Bible, which is God's written word given through men. And so we need to come to God's word with reverence, with expectation, saying like Samuel, Lord, Speak, for your servant is listening. And then let God's word apply itself to our hearts and our minds. Well, the fourth thing I just want to leave us with here quickly is that God is patient with us. Don't you love the way God keeps coming back to Samuel in this passage? I mean, four times God came and called Samuel's name before Samuel finally gets it. God is remarkably uh, loving and patient. And see, if you approach the Word of God, the Bible, with a sincere and listening heart, God will speak to you through His Word. I really believe that. Uh, you may not get it all the first time, but keep coming back. You know, if you want to start a good place to start, it's not necessarily in Genesis. The Bible's a supernatural book. It's not a book you just read through. Start... If you're new to it, start in the Gospel of John. Learn about Christ. Learn about God's gift of salvation through Christ. Learn about his power, his majesty, his forgiveness, his compassion. That will help you. That will steer you in the right direction. But come with a listening heart. And then the last thing here tonight, God has spoken to us through Jesus. It kind of runs off the, 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 the point three that God primarily speaks to us through his word. Uh, the book of Hebrews says this in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, look at what it says, he has spoken to us 
past tense. By his son. Do you want to know who God is? Then you need to look to Jesus. See, all the Old Testament prophets looked forward to Christ. They looked forward to the Messiah. They didn't have all the information. But they knew that all of the scriptures are fulfilled in him. And when God sent us Jesus, it was as if he was saying to us, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I pray that you can hear the voice of God. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the calling of Samuel. Thank you how you worked in his life and how you clearly made your voice clear to his own understanding. And Father, there's not a person in this room tonight who if they're sincere in heart and sincere in calling, crying out, God, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That's a prayer that you will hear. And their eyes will be opened. And they'll be given a, a spiritual insight into your word. The Bible says that the unspiritual man cannot understand the things of the spirit. And so this Bible that we have is a supernatural book. And we know that because it came from you, a supernatural God. So we pray that tonight as we've looked at the call of Samuel, that you'll bless us as we go our way, take us safely to our homes. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.